so funny. That's a Holderness family if you don't follow their videos. Wow. What was that? Yeah. Anybody, can anybody relate with any of that stuff we just experienced there? Any, any box situations here, right? Like, please, after all the Amazon boxes come, break them down, right? I loved how you said a cutting tool or, or some kind of stabbing thing, right? <laughs> um, I think there's some deeper issues there. Um, any of you guys ever struggled with deciding where to go to eat or what to cook for dinner, right? Like, you pick, but it's not the right answer ever, no matter what you pick, right? So, man, I think we can all relate to that. And, and we just want to open up uh, each message uh, this, uh, this series uh, because we're starting a new series called Love Handles, and we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to laugh. It's going to be practical um, and also really good, too. We're going to dive into God's Word uh, because we believe this can be a life-changing series when we look to His Word to get to the raw and the real of relationships. Yes. You guys ready? You know, because we can relate, you know, as a couple, as a married couple. It's one thing to, like, be married and live together and figure out how to navigate all of that. Um, it's another thing to work together. We've done that for a while, so we, we feel like we figured that out, but we don't prepare messages together very often. And it's a little bit like your spouse coming into your place of occupation and changing all of the tabs on your computer and adjusting your desk and doing it the way they would do it. And so we sat down to message prep this week, and I was like, well, I do it this way. And he's like, well, no, I prepare messages this way. And, and we were like... Okay. And even this morning, well, I always have the iPad. How do, what do you say? Inverted. Inverted. I'm like, no, it's always not inverted for me. And, and I have larger <laughs> fonts and you like it. And I'm like, no, I don't want the larger font. So just want to let you know, today is a modern day miracle that we made it to Sunday <laughs> and we're preaching on marriage. Can I get an amen on that? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. And so, uh, but yeah, we're seriously, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be going through uh, the next four weeks. We're going to be in Love Handles series, and uh, we're going to be talking about the raw and the real of relationships. And, um, you know, this is, this is for singles. This is for married. This is for divorce. This is in between. All of that. What, no matter what season you might find yourself in relationships, you're going to come away with something in, in this series. And so we want to make sure you stay hooked in and say, I'll see you in a month, you know, when you're not talking about stuff that doesn't relate to me. Because I believe all of this, what we're sharing, relates to us in some season or fashion. Um, and also just want to preface this whole series with this. Although there's going to be something for everybody, a lot of what we're going to uh, talk about will be looked at or taught through the lens of God's view on marriage, okay? And so uh, whether you're preparing for marriage, whether you're already married, whether you want to be married someday, whether you had a marriage that didn't work out and you're trying to rebound from that, uh, just so you know, we're going to hit that through the lens of marriage because we believe that God's word has a lot to say about that. It'll help all of us out, right? Yes, for sure. And we've mentioned this, but it's a PG-13 series. And so we're really encouraging kids to be in the kids' classrooms. Youth can be in here if they want. It's not, maybe it's more PG this morning, but yeah, there's going to be other nice. Sundays that it's going to be more PG-13. So praise the Lord. We've we got kids start talking ministry. about other stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah, right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but before we go any further, we just want to open up, get our wheels spinning, and ask you guys a couple of questions. The first question for the married people in the room, do you believe that your marriage can be better and healthier than it is right now? Mm. Like, that's a really important question for us to all come to the conclusion on before we start talking about it. 
You know, whether we're happy in marriage this morning or whether our marriage is going through struggles, I believe all of us have room to grow. Like all of us can experience deeper intimacy and healthier rhythms and a better place in our marriages. And same for those who are single or dating or divorced or in an in-between season. Do you believe that your current relationship experience, whatever it might be, can be better and healthier than it is right now? And we believe with all of our heart that the resounding answer is yes. 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 We all have areas that we can grow. We have all areas that our relationships or our singleness can be more life-giving and more god Ottering. Amen. And we believe that that's God's heart for all of our relationships too, right? One of our favorite verses in the Bible is John chapter 10, verse 10. I want to read it out of the Amplified version for you. But in that verse, it says, Jesus is speaking, he says, the thief comes to only in order to steal to kill and destroy any area of our life, including our relationships. But Jesus says, I have come and I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That sounds good, amen? I think we need that in our relationships too, amen? And I believe Jesus doesn't hold our relationships exempt from that promise that he came to, that we might have life and have abundance until it overflows in our relationships and our marriages, right? Yeah, so we just want to acknowledge, we recognize that all of us are in different seasons, and maybe you're joining online, maybe you're in person, and you're in a season of singleness or dating or in between or divorce, and we can have, if that's you, you can be having a lot of different experiences within that season. Maybe you're loving it, and it's life-giving, and it's fun, and it's freedom, and you, and you love it. Or maybe you're in that season, and you're not loving it, like you have a deep longing for marriage, you have a deep longing for to experience what you're not experiencing right now. We believe with all of our heart that there is hope for this season, for it to be more life-giving, God-honoring, and wisdom-filled and enjoyable than it currently is. Yeah, maybe you're out there and you're newly engaged or you're newly married and, you know, you got that sparkle in your eye and that freshness and you're still discovering and learning about what it looks like to be one and all that God has planned for you. Even in the midst of that season, we believe God still has more, uh, more life-giving. He's got a God-honoring, wisdom-filled way to do relationships, right? Even in there. Maybe you've been married, maybe say like 15 years or less and let's say maybe you threw in some kids in the mix right and so you're all up in it right you're juggling life's demands and careers and kids and marriage and all of that and maybe you're having a blast and killing it like a ninja in all of that or maybe you're like I can't breathe and I have one nostril above water I don't know how this thing is going to work but but we're holding on we believe that no matter where you find yourself there's still more there's a there's an opportunity to navigate that season in an even more loving life-giving God-honoring wisdom-filled enjoyable way right yeah, or maybe you've been married for more than 15 years, and again, your experience within that season of life could be varied. Maybe you are um, satisfied, and you guys are proud of the life that you've built. You feel like you have this oneness that you didn't have early on in marriage, or maybe you're just enduring, and maybe it's been a season where you've been faithful, but marriage hasn't been thriving, regardless of if it's a good or a bad season within that married experience or maybe singleness experience, we believe God has more, more life-giving, more God-honoring, wisdom-filled, enjoyable way. And then for those of you that have been married for 30, 40, 50 plus years, maybe you finish each other's sentences. Or sandwiches. <laughs> yes. Right? The parents that watch Frozen know what we're talking about with that. Um, maybe you guys are a little bit in bliss and a little bit annoyed at the same time. 
Maybe you've been faithful in, or maybe you've been faithful in marriage, but it's been miserable. Either way, we believe that there's an opportunity for you to navigate this season in an even more life-giving, God-honoring, wisdom-filled, and enjoyable way. Yeah, so, so why? why? Why are we taking four weeks to talk about relationships, to look into God's word about marriage and, and all of this? And, and we believe that it's because God has us on a trajectory as a church family right now for a big theme of health. Amen? I don't know if you guys have caught it. If you guys have been here the last month in Oh My Soul series, God is getting into some of the deeper places of our true being, some of the places that maybe aren't so enjoyable or that we like to kind of just skim over or brush under the rug, that if we deal with these things, if we expose them, if we bring them to the light of the Lord, He can heal them, He can touch them, He can restore them, He can make them right, He can make them whole. And I believe that, we believe that relationship health affects all of our health, Right? Our relationships, our marriage affects our relationship with the Lord, affects our career, affects our relationship with our kids, and vice versa. Our, our, our relationship with God and all that affects our, our marriage, right, or lack thereof. And so uh, we know that this is important stuff. And so as we get into it, we don't, we don't want to tread lightly on this. Although we're having fun and we're having, you know, we'll be laughing a lot. We'll be maybe crying a little bit in this series. We'll be everywhere in between emotionally. Just know that, man, God's got us right where he wants us. Amen? And we're going to lean into that. We're going to say, Holy Spirit, come and have your will and have your way. Amen? Because here's what we believe. God doesn't want your marriage just to survive. God wants your marriage to thrive. Amen? Amen? And if you can hold on to that and and get that vision this morning, you're going to be right on step with where God wants to take you in your relationship uh, this month and beyond. Yes, so good. And just before we dive into it, we thought, you know, some of you guys know our story and some of you guys don't, but it might help as we're talking about relationships just to share quick snippet of our story. So Eric and I grew up in Brighton. We've known each other since middle school. Um, In middle school, he was one of three guys taller than me, but we were never interested until senior year. Senior year of high school, we were both playing on um, the basketball team, sky basketball team, girl basketball team. Homecoming that year was early in September, and none of the guys on the basketball team were really dating anybody. None of the girls on the girls basketball team were really dating anybody. And so we decided, hey, let's just kind of all go together as a team and just kind of pick names out of a straw, basically, of who went with who. And so Eric and I got paired up together. And total fluke, like it wasn't because we liked each other. Um, And we ended up having a blast and we had a really fun time and we were actually like, oh my gosh, I kind of like you and we actually have a lot of fun together. And so we kept hanging out um, a couple of, you know, weeks after homecoming, you know, in typical high school fashion, he'd come to my locker after classes. And at the time, you know, people weren't texting or Snapchatting or instant messaging, dropping in people's IMs, but there was AOL IM. And so we were talking on AOL IM. Oh, yeah. And so, and so anyways, we were reflecting because we've been together as a couple for 21 years. We, in our relationship, we have something called Next Level Day. That and happened what, this week. It next did. Level day. What is it? October? October 3rd. October 3rd. It's Next Level Day. What do you know about Next Level Day, right? So October 3rd is our Next Level Day. It's when we first started to be together. And so basically it was fall at the time basketball, girls basketball was in the fall. And so I was home getting ready for a basketball game. We were talking on AOL IM, and if you're over 35, you have no idea what it is, but it's okay. Um, We had Nokia phones, and 
it costs money to text. So like we are on AOL IM and he's like, hey. 99 cents a text back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean like I will pick up the phone and call you before my parents <laughs> yeah. chew me out on the bill this month. Praise God. So anyways, I'm rushing to get ready for the game and on AOL he's like, hey, can I call you real quick? And I'm like, sure. So we're talking on the phone as I'm like packing up my bag and putting my shoes on. And he's like, hey, I was wondering if you wanted to take our relationship to the next level. And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's do that. And he was like, awesome, cool. I'll see you at your game tonight. And I was like, sweet. And so I'm like, awesome. We're taking it to the next level. What does that even mean? <laughs> and so I got to the school and hopped in the bus with my teammates. And, you know, it was the discussion all the way to the game. I'm like, Eric and I are taking it to the next level. Like, what do you think that means? Are we like officially boyfriend and girlfriend? Are we like dating? Like, and so we all decided, I think that means you guys are boyfriend and girlfriend. But there were a couple juniors that were good friends of mine on the team. And they're like, but to be sure, tomorrow, when Eric comes to your locker, we'll come to your locker at the same time. And we'll ask him, we'll be like, hey, Eric, that's cool. You guys are like boyfriend and girlfriend now. You guys are like dating. And depending on how he responds, you're going to know what going to the next level means. And so the next day they came to the locker and Eric showed up at typical time. And I'll never forget being at my locker. Eric was here and my friend, I could see my friend, but Eric couldn't see my friend's reaction. And she was like, so Eric, cool. You guys are taking it to the next level. Like you guys are like boyfriend and girlfriend now. And he's like, yeah, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. We're dating now. And I remember catching eyes with my friend and kind of just smiling and nodding like, all right, we're dating. <laughs> That's what taking it to the next level means. Um, so we've been together for 21 years, married for 16. So we dated long distance in college for four years, got married like the weekend after college graduation, um, and then went to Bible school right after our honeymoon. So that's a little snippet of our story. Yeah, and uh, man, I love that next level day. So <laughs> yes. um, we like celebrate that. It's like Amazon Prime Day in our house. So, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I heard there's like something else coming up this week. So just heads up on that. So, um, but hey. Uh, just also, we want to be just really transparent with you guys. Like, we are not marriage experts. Yeah, we've been married for 16 years. We've learned a lot along the way. But uh, some of you guys have been married double, triple what we've been married and have experienced more of life and whatnot. And so we also recognize that we're still on the journey with you. Like, the verdict's still out on our marriage. Praise God. If we can be transparent about it. We feel like we're doing good and God's got us in a good spot. But uh, we also don't want to speak as experts on this, too. We want to just have it be more conversational and share what we've learned along the way and pray that it would help you guys out in your relationship uh, but in addition to the length of marriage and the length we've been together, you know, we also have counseled a lot of married couples over the years. Uh, we were actually calculating it this week just for curiosity, and we probably have had over 4,000 hours of leading relationship, premarital, and pastoral counseling sessions over the time we've been in ministry. So uh, in addition to that, like, we are married ourselves, and so we've had great moments of highs and bliss and where things are working great, and we've also had the lowest of lows and the pain and the trauma and the heartbreak and the betrayal and all the things that happen with that that go into relationships too. So, so we're just being real with you guys. We're, we're on the journey and uh, we're excited to lean into God's word, his will, his plan, amen, because he's got the instruction book, he wrote the manual, and he wants all of us to be thriving in our relationships. Yeah, and like we've been saying, we are not after growing alive as big as it can be. We are after growing alive as healthy, healthy. as it can be. Amen. 
And in the midst of growing a healthy church, healthy, by default, healthy things grow. But man, we're so burdened for this because we believe God wants the marriages and the relationships and the singleness within the church to be thriving. It's not worth it for us to be serving the Lord and doing all of these things, but our home life, our marriage, our our personal life, our singleness to be in shambles. Yeah, so good. Too many marriages, too many Christian marriages, too many Christian singles, um, too many Christian um, marriages within the church a lot of times are just in cruise control. You know, I was talking to someone the other day about soul health, um, and she was just sharing some journey that she was on, and she said, man, I used to be in this really great place, um, but then I've kind of just put it in cruise control. She got, she said, you know, because it's just a lot of work, honestly. It's a lot of work to stay healthy in my soul, and I thought, you know what, that's true, and it's a lot like marriage, too. A lot of times it's easier to just put it in cruise control to coast. Yeah, you know, we, we just, if we're honest, like a lot of marriages, a lot of relationships are just enduring, but, but they're not enjoying it, right? There's, there's a lot of relationship dynamics where you feel like you're just roommates, but you're not soulmates, right? Or, or you're surviving, but you're not thriving. A lot of times it, it, the marriage comes into, especially when you throw kids in the mix, it's just administrating the, the issues and the things of the family and the schedule, but there's no real intimacy beyond transactional conversation of how was your day, who's picking up Jimmy, do it all over again on repeat, right? Uh, a lot of times, like we talked about last month, a lot of marriages have a lot of wounds and a lot of trauma that's happened to them that, that you've stuffed down in the deep parts of your soul and you haven't really dealt with yet or, or you haven't shared openly with each other about how that's hurt you. And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of Christian marriages are just really busy. They're, they're really superficial. They're, they're numb. They kind of just go numb, right? And this, this is not okay. We don't believe this is okay to stay in this state, right? Yeah, but it takes work. And so that's what we're um, going to be leaning into. God, what do you have to say about this topic of relationships and marriage and conflict and intimacy and family and all of that? Because, God, we, we know that there's better. We know yes. that our married life, our single life, all the different seasons that we're in, we believe that we can get beyond the season that we're we're at right now and thrive and flourish and have life and life abundantly in these different areas. But let's pray and then we'll continue to dive into it. Lord, we love you so much. And God, we thank you that you came that we would have life and have it to the full until it overflows life more abundantly. And God, we thank you that that um, is true for our relationships as well and our singleness as well. Lord, in these different seasons we find ourselves in, yes, even in those places you want our marriages, our relationships, our singleness to thrive, that within these relationships, Lord, we can have life and have it more abundantly. So, Lord, we come with open hearts and minds to your path and your plan for us, Lord, and we just thank you for the fruit that will remain. We thank you. The result is that we're healthier, that we're stronger, that we're flourishing more fully in your will. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, each week in the series, we're going to focus in on our one main love handle to help us get a handle on relationships. And so today... Everyone start doing some oblique workouts. Yeah, like, so we're not talking about this, all right? Although we got those handles, we're also going to get a handle on the Word of God, all right? And it's okay to have both handles, all right? Or multiple handles, all right? Like, there's no judgment zone here. But uh, our first love handle that we're talking about today, if you're taking notes, our love handle for today is get a vision. Everybody say get a vision. Get a vision. Get a vision. We're going to dive deeper into 
things, and more importantly, to get God's vision on relationships, to get God's vision for our personal relationships or our marriage, and get God's vision of how they work best. And so uh, we've got three thoughts for you guys uh, to kind of wrap up our time here today, just some takeaways, some practicals for you guys as far as how do we get a vision and get God's vision. The first thing we want to talk about real quickly is, number one, marriage is God's idea. Marriage is God's idea, right? Married and single people alike, I think it's super important for us real quickly to make sure and remind ourselves that marriage is a holy thing. It's holy ground, right? It's not just a common thing. Marriage, marriage is God's idea, and it has been from the very start. Yeah, our understanding of the fact that God made marriage, he's the designer, he's the author of it, should impact how we live, whether we're married or whether we're single. It's his idea, it's his territory, it's holy, it's sacred, it's special, it's set apart for him. Yeah, but you know, people get married for all different types of reasons, let's be honest, right? Some people get married because it's just practical. Uh, it's better for tax situation, or we share a housing bill or an income, right? Or it's mainly a financial decision. Some people get uh, married because it just meets their needs. They, they just want this person, right? Uh, some people get married and they treat it as, I think a lot of people in our society today, they treat it as a contract, but not a covenant. So a contract is if you don't perform, if you don't look how you look like on your wedding day, if you don't please me in these ways, I'm out. I'm going to break my contract. I'm going to go over to somebody else and form a new contract. When, when covenant is like well, you forever for life, no matter what happens, right? And so we're going to get into this and what, what happens here, right? And, and again, we, we understand there's different circumstances and whatnot as far as people choosing to separate and all that. And there's biblical uh, counsel on all of that. So we're not saying that at all. I think a lot of people think it's just the socially acceptable thing to do when there's maybe a kid on the way or some other big uh, step that has made, been made first before the marriage covenant. And then, honestly, um, I think a lot of people are just like, I, I just don't want to be lonely. I, I, just want, I just want to have somebody to do life with. And so you get married for a bunch of different reasons. Couple this with, we have a culture that glorifies weddings and gives a little thought to the, actually the health of the marriage relationship. Can we just be real for a second, Right. Most couples prepare more for their wedding than they do for their marriage. Statistics say the wedding industry in 20, 2023 in the U.S. is a $70.3 billion industry. The average cost of a wedding in the U.S., holy hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, I have a daughter, is $29,195. Some of you are like, oh, there's so much focus and energy and resources spent on one day but little spent on what, do, what does day two through infinity look like and how are we going to make this thing work? And, um, you know, like we said, we've counseled a lot of couples and we've worked with a lot of married couples. I've had the privilege and honor to be a part of 33 couples over my time in ministry to marry them. And, and one of my requirements is, hey, I'll marry you, but you got to do premarital counseling. And if you say, I just want you to be a hire a pastor, rent a pastor, then I don't do that wedding. I let them go do that somewhere else because I really, really believe that, man, we got to prepare for more than just how do you look on that day and how nothing wrong with the dress. Nothing. Weddings are worthy of celebration. You can drop whatever you want to drop on a wedding. We, have no, we, we don't care about that. But don't let that be the only sole focus because marriage is so much more than the wedding. Amen? It's, it's the two lives coming together and making that work that really needs the most help. So again, marriage is God's idea, right? Yeah, check out this scripture in Malachi 2.14 in the message translation. <clears throat> it says, God, not you, made marriage. And his spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. Yeah, 
could just sit there and soak in that scripture for a little bit. God made marriage and his, his spirit inhabits all of the details of that yeah. union. God is the creator. He's the author of marriage. Marriage is holy. He knows how it works best and he's involved. He's interested. He's eager to be invited into all the small details of marriage. Um, and that there, there's marriages we know this morning that are thriving, some marriages that aren't thriving, but we believe that if God is the author, if he's the inventor, if he's the maker of marriage, then he is more than able to heal, Amen. to restore, to redeem, to rebuild every experience. Yes. From the very beginning, we know that marriage was defined as a man and a woman leaving their families and coming together to be joined as one. We see that in Genesis 2.24 in the New Living Translation. It says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. So this morning, as we hop into this topic, we just want fresh awareness on just the basic of God-made marriage. And as we approach this, let's approach this topic with... Um, with the reverence, with holiness of God, this is your institution. This is your idea. And so we're going to approach this topic with reverence. Amen? Amen. So that's number one. Number two, if you're taking notes, is God has a purpose for your marriage. All right? This one, like, really? He does? God has a purpose for your marriage. If you guys, guys if you leave with anything today, we really want to uh, challenge you and encourage you and exhort you in this, this vein, number point number two, and it's this, that God has a purpose for your marriage. If he created you on purpose for a purpose, he also puts you together with somebody else on purpose for a purpose, amen? And over the years, a lot of times couples will come to us with issues, they'll come to us with marital stuff, which we all have, we all go through, and one of the first questions we'll often ask them is this, why are you two together? Like, why are you guys together? Do you believe that God brought you two together? We'll kind of sit in that awkward silence for a second. And it's like uncomfortable. Like, okay, that's a question, right? For what purpose is your union, right? Why, why does your marriage exist in the first place? These are really important questions that we need to wrestle with if we're going to stay the course and go the distance, right? Because a lot of times when there's conflict in the relationship, it's often a, a you versus me, uh, me versus her, right? Uh, 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 pointing our finger at, at each other, right? You didn't do this, or I always do this, or whatever, and, and it's a lot of this. But, but when you start to have a clearer vision of your purpose, a clearer vision of God's purpose for your relationship, you take the fingers from this, and you start going towards that purpose together, now, we're still going to have issues and differences and all that, but when we are unified going in the same direction, come on, somebody, it's easier to stay the course and see the bigger picture of what God's doing in the relationship, right? This is so powerful yeah. and so life-changing. This is so practical, so basic, but this is so important, and I remember, you know, I can't remember how long we had been married, but Eric and I are both firstborns, both type A, visionary type people, and we've always had vision statements or mission statements for ministries that we oversee and different things like that, and it got to a certain point in our marriage when we were in Kalamazoo, I don't know, we'd been married maybe six years, I don't remember, yeah. um, that we realized our marriage doesn't have a mission statement. Like, why do, why does our marriage exist? And we are, I think Eli and Ella were both born, and we are like, what's the purpose of our family? Like, how do we know at the end of all of this that we completed our mission as parents mm -hmm. and as husband and wife? And so we sat in that question of why, why are, I mean, we, 
you know, it's like, well, of course we're together because we like each other and we feel like God put us together. But like, what is the purpose? What's the heavenward purpose of your union? And we know from Proverbs 29, 18, that where there's no vision, people perish. Where there's no vision, people perish. And where there's no vision, unified vision within a marriage, there's perishing, there's dysfunction, there's he said, she said. But when you come together and you say, no, God put us together and we both agree that our purpose together is this. Then when you're making decisions, this becomes the filter. Well, you said, and you, he said, and we said, and it's no longer preferences, but it's like, okay, what's going to get us to the end result best. Mm -hmm. And it takes the pressure off preferences and say, no, we're actually unified going in the same decision. So based on the purpose that we are together, based on our purpose in parenting or whatever, what decision makes the most sense? That's good. Um, so every week we're going to give a discussion question. We want you guys leaving and having conversations with yourself, with your spouse. And so the big takeaway this morning, the big question this morning for married, we'll say married couple and then, um, those in single or, or dating seasons, for those of you married, why does your marriage exist? Why does it exist? What is God's purpose for your union? a good question, isn't it? And to articulate it, to think about it, to mull over it, and then to like actually write it down. There's something powerful about when we actually write down the vision, right? Write down the purpose. Um, Simply saying our marriage exists, fill in the blank. And we don't want to like tell you what to write. We're going to talk about from God's word some things, but we know that marriage is the only thing that God says represents how he is with the church on earth. So not only, like there's a lot of different ways that you could approach this question, which is good, but make sure you don't miss the kingdom focus. Like if, if marriages are to represent to the world Christ and the church, then how does that impact your mission and vision? You know, there's so many different things we'll talk about. The book of Malachi talks about um, God's desire for godly offspring and, and, the, and how that makes marriage so important. So what about you and your spouse? What, why does your marriage exist? If God is the author and the maker of marriage, if he's the one that put you two together, what is his purpose for your union? And yes, you know, we're spirit, soul, body. And so there's a kingdom purpose and yeah, to have fun and to whatever it is, you guys talk about it with the Lord of why are we together? Like what's our mission statement? What's the target that we're going after? Yeah. Um, super important question. And then for those of you that are single or dating or divorced or in between equally as important is to say, God, what is the purpose of my current season? And maybe you're not married, but you want to be married. It's good to ask yourself before you get there, God, what do I want the purpose of my future marriage to be? What do you want the purpose of my future marriage to be? Marriage is not an end all, but the vast majority of people do desire to be married. And so if you, if you don't desire to be married, you don't feel like you're called to be married. No shame in that game. You can exert a lot more energy for the kingdom when you're in that position. But in light of that, what's God's purpose in your current season What is God doing on the inside of all of us? What's God doing through you in this season? And if you desire to be married, what does that mean for your future marriage? Just some super important things to talk about. Chew on it. You can't have that answer really in a couple seconds sometimes. you got to sit on it, make it a date, make it a conversation. But it'd be a good goal maybe by the end of this month. We're going to talk about it a lot. By the end of the month, hey, let's go have a coffee date and let's talk about like, 
why are we together? <laughs> However long you've been married or how long have you been together, can we just make it clear, like, why are we together again? Hey, honey, <laughs> yeah. why are we together? Yeah. Right? And to just understand where you're coming from on that question and not to provoke more issues, but to try to get unified Build unity. That, right? So God, number one, marriage is God's idea. Number two, God has a purpose or a vision for your marriage or for your relationship. And the last thing that I think we need to understand about the vision for marriage is, is number three, it takes work for a marriage to work. It takes work for a marriage to work. Everybody say work. Work. Right? We don't like to hear that. We don't want that shouted from the rooftops, but the truth and the reality is it takes work. We cannot live in fairy tale land, all the movies, happily ever after. It takes work to have something of true worth and value, right? And most people's vision for marriage is pretty, pretty stereotypical. Get engaged, have a beautiful wedding, go on a luxurious honeymoon, come home. Over the years, add two and a half kids, a white picket fence, American dream, have a pet, live happily ever after, and boom. It's just that easy, right? No. How many guys know that's not real world? That's not, that's not reality. A successful marriage takes two people working together in the same direction, right? Like Erica said, you have to be aiming at the same target if you're ever going to both hit it. If I'm throwing that way and Erica's throwing behind us, we are going to be constantly frustrated and we got to be unified, right? And so um, we, 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 we ought to understand that, man, we're aiming to become one, and we're going to talk a lot about this in the next few minutes, and, and be unified in that vision. Not just knowing what that vision is, like point two, but also being unified together in that vision, right? Totally. Yeah. And the broader the vision, the better. We're not saying in how to do that, because that's where the conflict comes. Well, yeah, we both want to do that, but I think we should do it this way, and I think we should do it that way. Right. And we're not talking about all of the things. Like, we have different views on how a Saturday afternoon should be, and all of a sudden the boys are older, and football's on the TV all day Amen. and me and ella are like well shouldn't ballet and other things be on the tv for half the day no. <laughs> yeah. no so you're gonna disagree about things obviously right um but yeah i love what it says in amos 3 3 can two walk together unless they are agreed wow. in the new living translation it says can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction so maybe you've got some conflict in your relationship. Maybe you've got some tension in your relationship. It's going to get solved easier and quicker when you both agree on the direction. Yeah. And maybe over time, like we joked about this last time we did this, early on we folded socks differently. You know, early on you just agree to disagree. You can fold your socks that way. I'm going to fold my socks this way. Um, but over time, you become more one, but right? we fold the socks together. <laughs> we do. Wow, I've been converted. We won't say who won. <clears throat> if mama ain't happy, <laughs> yeah. no one's happy. Yeah. Um, it's got to be in the Bible somewhere. I don't know where that, <laughs> which proverb is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so having unity, being go, going, agreeing on the direction that you're going in. And part of God's vision for husband and wife is to be one, right? One. And we know physically a husband and wife can become one when they're married. We'll talk about more of that on week, week three, three and how that, you know. All right. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. But there's a lot of other ways a husband and wife's lives are to become one. Right. And that does not happen overnight. Nope. Um, there's a marriage expert. His name is Gary Thomas, and he wrote a book called Sacred Marriage. And he has something really interesting to say about this. Um, 
He said some experts suggest that it takes 9 to 14 years for a couple to truly create and form its being. Wow. 9 to 14 years. He goes on to say something similar. He says the journey from me to we is about a decade to a decade and a half. It takes that long for our brains to make the shift from thinking thoughts of singleness and embracing our new identity as one half of a couple. Wow. Yeah, it's true. So he goes on and he, he um, you know, talks about how God's design is that two become one. It's the process of two lives coming together. It's hard work. Like that not really being a reality until nine to 14 years within marriage, that's hard work. And a lot of his study comes from the study of neurologists that study the brain and talk about how physiologically um, our brain is shaped by experiences, choices, and actions, right? Neuroplasticity, Mm -hmm. that our brains develop over time based on actions, thoughts, experiences. And so he says... When we first get married, our brains are stuck in singleness grooves. We don't think of ourselves as part of a couple because our whole life we've been an individual. And so your, your brain is wired, the grooves of your brain are wired in singleness. But then you get married, and that's when he says it takes over a decade to be, go from me to we. He talks about a lot of times couples, he likens it to climbing the mountain of marriage. And it takes 9 to 14 years to climb the mountain of marriage before you can even get to the mountaintop oneness experience. Where you're like, ah, now we're kind of unified. Now we're kind of... Um, completing each other's sentences and sandwiches. Eating your sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. And so he said a lot of times couples give up on the side of the mountain because, man, it's hard work and this isn't easy and it's hard work becoming one. And you don't lose your identity. And we're not talking about codependency, but God says two shall become one. There should be this unity in the way that we think. And so Gary Thomas says, man, too many couples end their marriage before they even get to the mountaintop, before they even really get to experience what marriage is, what marriage oneness is. Mm. And he says, you know, if you separate, there's some kind of divorce and you, and you marry a different person, then your brain has to unwork the automatic responses to default. Oh, she's going to say that. And I'm going to say that it has to unwork that to then form new grooves for your new spouse and you start over at year one in neuroplasticity stuff. Wow. 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 (laughs) And I mean, we've, we've experienced that, you know? Yeah. Honeymoon phase is fun. And then you bring kids in and we are 16 years. It's like, ah, no, it's like, sorry. Everybody is still awake. I just wanted to make sure some of you guys are drifting there. And you're like, you know, we're going scientists on us and we're like, our oldest is 12 and we're like, okay, a couple more years and she's driving and a couple more years. She's the age we were when we thought, you know, we were 18 and Eric gave me this blue ring before we went to college. Cause he was like, I love you forever. You know, <laughs> but it was kind of like, we're going to stay together. It wasn't like a promise ring, but it was like, yeah. and we were 18 Whoa. and I'm thinking we didn't have a clue. 
<laughs> you know, true. but we thought we did. We sure thought we did, yeah. Um, and now it's like we've been together, and those of you that are older than us, you're like, yeah, then add a couple more decades to it. Yeah. Now we're like, man, I feel like I'm still getting to know you, and I had no clue who you were. I mean, I did, but I didn't. You know, we dated for five years. Right. And so... So anyways, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it takes a while, right? And it takes work. Yeah, it takes staying the course. It says, let's not give up before we get to that top of that mountain to experience that, right? It might get a little worse before it gets better, but God has a purpose, right? And if he's put you together for a purpose, he can get you to that top. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy or just like you're going to float up there. You're going to have to climb it and there's going to be some setbacks. You're going to slip down the hill a little bit and some rocks might fall on your marriage. And oh my gosh, it's hard. But like we all are going to the top by the help of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? And he can redeem things that have been wounds and pain and all of that, and, and we, he can form our, like, that is just so powerful. Our brains can form around each other. Like, that is crazy, but, but our bodies experience this, our souls experience this, and then obviously our spirit, too. We're spiritual beings, and so God wants us healthy and whole in every area of our life. You've been hearing that over and over the last few weeks, but he wants our relationships healthy, too. Yeah, you know? and he closes off this section. He says the payoff is that after several, several decades together, our brains have formed around each other, providing a certain comfort and intimacy that a newlywed couple can't. just can't possibly experience. Yeah. It's on a whole other level. And he goes on to talk about how his, his wife has been married for over 30 years and explains they are both part of each other's ways that they could have never been however many years ago. And that's the treasure. And that's the way God designed marriage for our brain to work that way so that we could truly be one. You see, you see the couples that have been married 50 plus years at weddings and they're the last ones there dancing, dancing at the, yeah. and everyone looks at them like, oh, I bet they got stories to tell. Oh, I bet they do. Yeah. But they've stayed they've... together. Amen. So beautiful. Yeah, we'll, we'll end with this scripture, Psalm 133, verses 1 and 3. It's one of our favorite scriptures. Because if God gives you a purpose, if he gives you a vision, Again, it's going to take work to get there, right? And it's going to take unity. And uh, what does God's word say about the power of unity? In, in, in Psalm 133, verse 1, it says, Behold now how, how good and how pleasant it is for the brother and for believers to dwell together in unity. And he goes on in verse 3 and says, For there, where? Where we're unified. When we're pointing in the right direction, not at each other. There the Lord commands the blessing, life forevermore. If we want God's blessing on our union, God's blessing in our relationships, God's blessing on our marriages, we must fight and work hard, not fight and work hard with each other, but fight and work hard to stay unified, even when we disagree. We're going to talk more about this at the beginning, but God takes two opposite people and he mashes them together and say, make it work. Become one. Become one. <laughs> Good luck, right? I'm with you, right? He knows what he's doing. Marriage refines us. Marriage shaves off. Oh my goodness. It's not easy to stay together for the long haul and to make it work. But God knows what he's doing in the midst of that. And it's a beautiful representation of how Jesus loves us. How his love never fails. No matter how many times we break his heart. How many times we sin. How many times we go off the deep end. How many times we point a finger at him and get all attitude with him. He's still there across the table saying, I love you. And I will always love you. Because I want you. Amen. And so I think that's really beautiful. And so the key to all of this is, hey, get a vision. 
for your union. Get a vision for your marriage. Sit in that. Wrestle with that. Dream in that. Let the Holy Spirit breathe fresh breath on that. If you feel like your relationship's kind of gotten stagnant recently or just kind of hit a wall there, man, let the Holy Spirit breathe fresh breath on this. Hey, we're still together and we're still supposed to be together for a long time, honey. So let's get back on the same page. Let's get in that new groove. Let's let our brains begin to form. Let's, let's stick through the hard and the high waters because we know our God's for us, not against us. Amen? And he wants what's best for us. And so that's our love handle today is just let's get a handle on getting a vision and sit in that this week. And remember, God's, God, marriage is God's idea. God created you on purpose for a purpose and he created your marriage for a purpose. He has a purpose for your union. And, and lastly, it takes work for marriage to work. And so if you guys need homework, if you want homework, it's not hard, but it's that discussion question, right? Which is this, what is the purpose of our marriage? And if you're dating right now, ask yourself this question. What is the purpose for me spending lots of money, lots of time, and lots of emotion and affection on this person? Is it a selfish, sexual, physical, emotional need? Or is there God bringing you literally two together and your lives are heading in the same direction? You can see what God's up to before it's even official. Because if not, we don't play with fire and expect not to get burned. Amen? God wants to protect us from some relationships that maybe we're in that aren't healthy or heading in that direction as well. So we're just going to lean into that. And so we want to close with prayer today because we know we can't do any of this without the Lord's help. But man, I think you heard his heart and caught his heart today, didn't you? He wants to help us. His desire is for us to thrive and have life and have it more abundantly in our marriages and in our relationships. And so we're going to close with prayer and um, we're going to do this. If, if you're here and... and um, you're married and your spouse is with you uh, and they're sitting next to you, maybe they're not, uh, why don't you hold your hand, hold their hand while, while, um, while, you, while we pray. If you're single, why don't, you, why don't you put your hands to the Lord, amen, and put your hands up. We're not calling anybody out or don't be peeking to see who's single and ready to mingle across the way, you know what I'm saying? This isn't, this isn't a dating series, all right? All right. We'll hook you up. God will hook you up, right? Like, oh, yeah, they're, they're lifting their hands too. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you peek. I don't know. Like, if the Holy Ghost tells you to do that, that's fine, but... Um, <laughs> Let's pray and ask God to just help us in this series. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your presence here today. We thank you for your truth, your word. Lord, we thank you for your heart for us. You care so deeply about us. You want us healthy in all areas of our life, even our relationships. Lord, we thank you that marriage is your idea. You thought it up. You invented it. You created it. You know how it works best. So, Father, we don't want to look to the world and their definition of what it looks like to be married and successfully married but we want to look to your truth and your word this month. And Lord, we ask you, and we know your word promises that it will be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So lead us and guide us in what we need to pay attention to. Lord, we thank you that you have created our marriages and our relationships on purpose or for a purpose. What is the vision for our marriage? Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd breathe fresh breath on that question this week. Lord God, that you would move in our hearts, Lord God, and you'd help us put it down to a note or a piece of paper or or something, Lord God, to, to put it before our eyes and make it a focus of ours to see which direction you want us to go together as a couple. And Father God, we also praise you and we thank you that, Lord, you've told us and you've warned us it wouldn't be easy. And so it takes work to make marriage work. But Lord, we pray that you give us the grace and the patience and the long-suffering, and the mercy, and the forgiveness, 
and the healing and the restorative power, Father God, that you can work in relationships, Lord God, and that we would stick it through, Lord God, so that we could get to those mountaintop experiences where we are truly one, unified, where you're commanding your blessing, Father God, and nothing that this world or the enemy throws at us could stop us. And so, Father God, we just thank you. You know where we're at and where you're calling us to go. And so, Lord, we just trust you to help us with the journey. We thank you for your supernatural strength right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And with eyes, all eyes closed, and for those that are single in this season or dating or in between or divorced, God, with hands lifted to you, Lord, our hearts, our lives are submitted to you for your plan, your way, your timing of all of it. God, we thank you for, we, for seeking your purpose in this season your purpose and the longings and desires of our heart. And Lord, thank you that you shape our vision for our current season and for seasons to come. Lord, we love you and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So be it.